If you would, turn with me to the prophecy of Isaiah. So, let's go to the book of Isaiah, and we're going to go to Isaiah 6, and look at just a couple verses here, actually one verse, in Isaiah 6. Probably a very familiar chapter to many of you. Uh, This is Isaiah's vision of the Lord, His call. And I'm going to read one verse here, and we're going to kind of springboard off of that into some things that God has laid on on my heart today for us. Notice here Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. It says this, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Let us pray. Jesus, thank You for Your most holy Word. We pray now that Your Holy Spirit would apply it to our lives this morning, to me. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, apparently I'm getting old. Um, You know, I always hear older people say, I don't really feel any older. It's just happening. And I guess that's kind of where I'm at because now when I go to youth camps, like what I just left, or when I go to college and I bring up things such as 9-11, they are barely even born at that point. So, I have to talk about how I grew up in the 1900s because everybody around me is 2000 and third millennium people, you know, represent. So, um, here's the deal is, you know, back in the day, uh, we didn't have cell phones. You know, God forbid we didn't have cell phones, right? And back in the 1900s, we actually, um, you know, used to have these little crank phones. I don't know what you call them, but dial, dial phones, you know. Rotary, there you go. And so you'd have to, you know, and, and, and so it actually took a long time to even dial or call anybody, you know, back in the 1900s. And so, um, and here's the other thing is, you know, like what was cool when I was in school was actually to have a beeper, you know? And so you'd have these beepers, you'd be rolling around with them, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, I just got a beep, you know what I'm saying? Got me a little beep here. And, it, and people would send you messages through that, like, you know, with numbers say hello, or I love you through numbers. So it was, it was, it was very... Very odd, and, and we didn't have caller ID. I mean, just imagine not having caller ID. That's just unheard of, isn't it? Uh, but back in the 1900s, that's what the way it was. So, um, so here's the deal is now that we're in the third millennium, you know, we're in the 2000s, uh, we have constant contact, don't we? I mean, you know, who doesn't have a cell phone on them today? That would be the better question. And if you didn't, people would be like, What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, what, did you leave it somewhere? Did you did you lose it? Right? I mean, we just everybody has a cell phone. You know, there's no more lighters at concerts. You know that, right? They just turn the light on and do this number. You know, it is our GPS. It is our lighter. It is our communication. It is our email. It is our life. It's on us all the time, and we have this constant contact. And you know. Thinking about prayer, I've used this illustration before, but I'll reintroduce it again by saying this. Prayer is a lot like cellular connection. I can't see the other person on the other end, and really I can't even see any lines going up 
or how it gets to them. But it gets to them, doesn't it? Isn't prayer like that? We pray and it's this wireless connection. We're not hardwired all the way up to heaven. There's not some kind of you know, tower that goes up to heaven. No, they tried to build that back in Genesis, right? Didn't work out so well. No, there's wireless connection and you can actually... Here's the cool thing. Back in the Old Testament, we'll say 1900s, right? You didn't have constant contact. Now with the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost... He has made it possible for us to talk to Him, to be with Him, Him to be in us all the time. All the time. And so, Isaiah here, um, in a traumatic year for him, the king, you know, he, he dates it here, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He sees a vision of God. And he's high and lifted up. And, and really the hymn, you know, the bottom part, of, of the robe that you would have worn in the temple, it, that, like that bottom hem filled the entire temple up. That's how big God is. You know, his, his bottom pants leg, you couldn't even get in the door. That's how big He is in this vision. Smoke and fire, and you got this, these seraphim that are there, these angels, and then the angel comes and, you know, seraphim is burning. It's fire. Actually, in the Matrix. Seraphim, he was flaming, but it just doesn't matter. So he, he takes this coal and he, and he pushes it to, to Isaiah's lips. I mean, that's not a cool thing, right? I mean, Siri, I mean, even the angel did not touch the coal. Did you catch that? The angel's like, I'm not, not touching that, but it's going on your lips, buddy. So he purges Isaiah's lips. And Isaiah's, I'm, a, I'm unclean. I'm undone. I'm found out. And... Then you have this beautiful thing here. Uh, he says, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then he hears a voice. Did you catch that? It was our, it was our one verse that we read. He hears a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? He's now able to raise his hand and say, Here I am, send me. Kind of reminds me of another young man in the Bible, Samuel. Remember him? You know, he, he's dedicated to God, right? His mother, like, his mother's barren. She can't have children, which is an abomination in the ancient world. That's something's wrong with you. Bad, not just medically. Something sinful is wrong with you, demonic. And so she prays and prays, and God gives her this son. She gives him back to God. He stays in the temple. He's in the temple one and, and he hears, hears his voice, right? So he gets up and he goes to Eli and he says, Hey, what would you say? He said, I didn't say anything. Why are you waking me up? Go back to bed. And so he's, okay. Well, lay back down. Here's another voice. He gets up and goes to Eli. Hey, wh what do you need, sir? I don't need anything except for you to leave me alone. You know, trying to sleep. And so go back to your bed. And, and then, so he hears the voice the third time. He goes to Eli and says, Did you call me? And he says, listen, this time apparently God is speaking to you, not me. So go lay down and ask of the Lord, say, Hear, sorry, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. If you want to reference that, that's in 1 Samuel 3. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Here's the deal, is we have constant connection with God. And yet many of us, if we were to look at our spiritual cell phone, would have missed calls from Him. 
Some of us have touched this button which ignores the call, turns it to a black screen, stops it from vibrating. And others of us, if we're honest, have pushed the decline button. It's a nice way of saying reject. You know, there's several reasons why we would miss a phone call uh, in our context. One is that you're out of range. I mean, if we're just thinking, you know, cell phones here, uh, you know, you, you miss a call when you're out in the wilderness. You go out in the boondocks of Mississippi where my grandparents live, you're not going to receive calls. It's going to be tough. Um, you go someplace on the other side of the world, it's going to be tough. Out in the wilderness, it's tough. And for some of us, you've been playing in the wilderness, out there on your own, out of range of God. You don't know the things of God. You've been doing your own thing. And you're confused. You're what the Scripture calls lost. Lost. And you're wandering much like the Israelites were. You're out of range. You're not even... The, the bad thing is, you're not even getting the calls anymore. Some of us, however, the reason we miss calls, because I know because I call you, is because you're too busy. You're at work. Nothing wrong with busyness. But when you're too busy for God, it is a problem. Amen. And some of us are missing His calls because we are too focused on our work or on our family or on our marriage or on whatever. Listen, you can turn anything sour by making it ultimate. That is the epitome of idolatry. If you make another person ultimate in your life, primary, that's idolatry. If you make a relationship outside of your marriage, ultimate. If you make pleasure ultimate, if you make finances or your fame or your reputation, anything you put in the primary seat of your life other than God is idolatry. Have no other gods before me. It's pretty clear, isn't it? And yet we all allow things sometimes to slip into our life and consume and eat up our time. Time is life. What you give your time to is what you are giving your life to. And so some of us are just simply too busy for God. We have not made space for God. Some of us are receiving the calls... And we feel like we've got the power to accept or decline. That's just what my phone says. I don't know what yours says. It may say reject. It's the same thing. End the call. You know, ultimately we feel like sometimes we're in control of this whole thing, Christianity. You know, when we get the call, oh yeah, you know, I know, I know, I know God's got something for me, but that's in the, that's in the future. No, it's not. It's right now. What if... Every moment comes down to this moment because this moment's the only moment we have. Are you promised another breath? Because I don't read it here. Are you promised tomorrow? 
You're not. I'm not. We're not in control as much as we think we are. God has given us this manager type position to manage certain things that come in, accept or decline. But we're not in control of when that phone call comes in. And the phone calls can stop. Isn't that what happens to Saul? God says, I'm done. The Spirit leaves you now. He says, no, 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 don't, don't allow that to happen, Samuel. Kingdom's been ripped from you. It's over. He says, that's tough. What about Pharaoh? He hardens his heart, God hardens his heart. He hardens his heart, God hardens his heart. C.S. Lewis has a great line. He says, ultimately, in the end, God gives you what you want. You keep ignoring His calls. Okay. Okay. All right. And then some of us just simply ignore it. And that's what really gets me in relationships is if I get ignored. That's a tough one, isn't it? At least it is for me. I mean, maybe the reject part is bad for you. That's not bad for like somebody rejects me. Okay, big deal. I know a lot of people don't like me, so that, that's, you know, newsflash. There's nothing new for me. And so, that's not anything new for me, but to ignore me? Ah, my brother used to get on my nerves about that. I mean, if he ever wanted to really make me mad, he would just ignore me like I wasn't even there. And of course, if any of you know about me, if I get into an argument, I like to talk. And if you don't want to talk, that just is like a... You know, I mean, you're like giving the knife to the rib cage and moving it around. I mean, I'm hemorrhaging. Uh, Jessica knows this better than anyone in this room or in my life, probably. But the way to really, really get under my skin is just simply shut down. You know, just push the shutdown button. And, and, then, and then I don't know what to do at that point. But you know what? I, along with you, have ignored God. And how does that make him feel? We get in here and we sing about what he's done. We get in here and read about what he's done. You hear preaching about what he's done. You even believe that he's done that for you. And then yet, when the week gets started, you simply ignore him. It's almost like we would never do it to his face. But the problem is, his face is all over. Remember the psalmist, he can't escape, God. You can't escape. There's nowhere you can go to get... You say, I just need a time out. Just leave me alone. I need a time out. There is no time out. There's nowhere to go where he's not. It's interesting that in, in the Old Testament, I don't you know, bring out the Hebrew words a lot, but in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, presence is face. So anytime it says God's presence was with them, His face was with them. Isn't that the most identifying feature about you? I mean, I don't think of Drew or of Margaret and say, oh yeah, I remember their arm. Yeah. I just, I just really can't place their arm right now. Hang on just one moment. I, I know who you're talking about. I just can't place their arm. No, we don't 
Well, look at the forearm. I mean, I don't talk to you and say, what great arm hair you have, you know. No, 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 no. It's, it's the face, isn't it, that identifies us most? And it's God's face that loves us most. And He's everywhere. He's at your work. And He's calling you and you ignore it. He's in your family. And He's calling you and we reject it. He's not big enough for that situation. We write Him off. Oh no, this, this is no help. This is not the time right now. I mean, that's how we treat other people, isn't it? And sadly, it translates, doesn't it, to God. Now, it sounds as if I'm just talking to you. But this message is for me. Over the past week, God, um, as I like to say, He got on to me. Like a father does a child. And... And we had, some, we had some good long talks. And um, all I did was pick up the phone. That was it. Haven't you noticed that relationships can be reconciled with just a call? And we won't do it. Our selfishness, our pride, our self-interest, our sin makes us scared makes us fearful, makes us angry, makes us whatever. Indifferent. Which is probably the scariest one to me. Just, eh, eh, whatever. No, it's not eh, whatever. It's eh the rest of your life. It's eh for eternity. And if we continually reject Him, because here's the deal, His call, you say, well, you know, Marshall, God calls certain people and other people are just kind of a part of the... No, no, no. That's not it. That's not it. God's call is to every single person in this room by name. Amen. He is calling out your name. He knows you more than anyone else in the entire world and He loves you more than anybody else in the world. His calling is not first and foremost, hear me, to mission. Not first and foremost to the church. Work. Not first and foremost to doing something. Or doing or some kind of work. You know, we, 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 we almost try to avoid God by giving Him all our stuff. Here's what I've done for you, Lord, so I'm good, right? I want you to sit with me. I mean, if I'm just work, 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 Jessica, I'm paying the bills, what else do you want? What kind of relationship is that? No, no, no. The call is to Jesus. Don't you hear Jesus pleading in the Gospels? He's the only one who can see the end, isn't He? And here's what He says about the end. And anytime He's talking about the end, we really need to perk up. Here's what He says. There will be many in that day who preached in My name. That's pastors. 
There will be many who worked in the church in my name. Led the music. Set up. Went and served the poor. There will be many who, who cast out demons in my name. Wow, we don't even go there. Oh, that's the really elite elite. And when they come for judgment, he'll say, I never knew you. What, what do you mean, God? I, I, you didn't see me working in your church, teaching at your school? Oh yeah, he saw it. But you never stopped to talk to him. You never stopped to be with him. You never loved him. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And they're cast into hell. Now, you don't have to be some atrocious sinner to find yourself living in hell now. Now, The Pharisees and others that Jesus met were already doing that. They were already ignoring Him while doing everything imaginable good for Him. So His call is not just to some... You know, we often think, oh, God's call, that means I'm going to go to mission field. No, no, no. First it's to Jesus. Then the mission comes. Then the service comes. Then the worship comes. Then everything else in your life. Doesn't He say, put My kingdom first and everything else will be added? It's true. You have Jesus and nothing and you have everything. (laughs) Can we really say this morning? Can you really say this morning? Can I really say this morning? Here I am. Send me. Speak, Lord, for Your servant hears. This is for me, as much as it is for you. But some of us are too comfortable to go to the cross. And the cross is the only way to life. Our air conditioners, our nice houses, our nice cars, our nice incomes... Our nice everything in this area is too much for us to go to the cross. We're just simply too comfortable to answer the phone. It's like after a long day's work, you sit down and you start watching television or whatever you do to relax, and here comes a phone call. You just simply say, I, I'm, I just I need some rest. But true rest is only found in Jesus. Your heart will never be satisfied. My heart will never be... I'm reminding myself. Don't we need to be reminded? Isn't that what this meal is about? What is some of Jesus' last word? Remember me. Will you remember Him? You don't have to ask, is God calling me? No, no. He is. Are you hearing it? Are you out of range? Are you too busy? Are you ignoring Him? Today, you don't have to anymore. 
today. You, like Isaiah, this is a real dude. This is not just some fancy story, fantastical story that is made up. No, no, no. He's real. And look what he did to change the world. What are you going to do with Jesus? He's calling. He's calling every single one of us. And His first and primary calling is to be with Him. To know Him and His resurrection. To know the redemption that He has to offer. To know the forgiveness of sins that He has to offer like we've already read about. To know the healing that He can bring to our hearts. Some of us need a deep scrub. And He can do that. He can do that today is the, is the beautiful thing about this. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to think, oh yeah, six months from now, that would be great. No, no, no. Today. What if today was every moment wrapped up? What if you faced Jesus' face right here this morning? Because the reality, if we could see it, is we are. <laughs> you don't ignore the boss when he comes in, right? Unless you want to get fired. You don't want to be fired. Uh, the boss is here. It's time to listen. It's time to respond. And the way we're going to do that is with prayer and the Lord's Supper.